submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shout-outs, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout-out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 56 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about Trump will give the death penalty to human traffickers when re-elected in 2024, Sound of Freedom and Microchipping, Fox News matches donations to the Satanic Temple, Disney went full woke-tard, Kamala Harris on reducing the population, Charlie Chaplin predicted today's governmental control. We are now facing the threat of future pandemics. Quantum AI, an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we're going to be talking about the history and how deepfakes will change the world, Norm Macdonald trying to expose the Clinton hit list, and Bill Cosby but silenced by The View, my visit to the George W. Bush Presidential Library, memes, and much more, so stay tuned. Now as always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. How are you doing? Doing pretty great, Jeremiah. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I just finished this. You asked me to paint you a flat earth skateboard. Whoa, man. That is awesome. So I got a little on this side. I got a little inscription and uh, yeah. So that's what I've been doing in my free time last week or so. So well, very, just be careful. very nice, dude. Be careful I'm driving. I'm so it. excited. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I uh, I won't be won't be driving it anytime soon. I recently threw my back out worse than I've ever done before, so uh, I I I need some JJ's CBD rub if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I, I if uh, you know when I'm not writing it, it'll it'll serve as a great wall piece. I can just put it right next to my computer here and look at your beautiful flat earth painting it'll be fantastic i'm so excited man that that looks super sweet well i'll ship it today i'll try to get it out to you all right man well you got some good news for us today good yeah time. we got some uh, a lot of stories uh some interesting things to discuss and uh, especially with especially with some of the mainstream topics that are today and some counter narrative uh perspectives that you might find interesting so let's get into it sweet all right so I, I thought this was some wisdom right sometimes the best thing you can do is keep your mouth shut and your eyes open yeah the truth always comes out in the end and a lot of times people often uh, can get swept up by many of these topics and and while you can always have alleged opinions uh, you have to be careful not to plant your flag firmly in any one perspective or another um, and so that's something to keep in mind now this is something I wanted to share if the devil can't make you bad he will make you busy no time for prayer no time for reading scripture no time for evangelism or church but you have time for all the other things right well yep. the way that evil can be perpetrated in the world is when good men sit idly by and do nothing and while this is maybe focusing on somebody's spiritual life we wonder how the atrocities like were exposed in the recent movie uh sound of freedom are able to go on well it's because whenever evil environments allow evil things to happen and good people don't stand up and speak out uh evil can be perpetrated it's important to recognize that it is impossible for a man to learn what he already knows and the reason that this comes to mind is just because sometimes whenever we talk about some of these topics such as uh the medical tyranny that's happened over the past few years the wise are willing to humble themselves and listen to the opinions of others despite if it disagrees with something that they hold to or not um, but keep in mind this is a great example of what we saw over the past few years the opinion of 10,000 men is of no value if none of them know anything about the subject yeah right this is the group think perspective that uh, we have to become aware of is whenever the group is all pushing towards a single-minded thought process it, you know we got to be like okay well do we want to go along with this or do we need to second guess the narrative it's always you know you are fake news sir don't fall under yeah. that trap exactly i mean it ties to the topic of hey do, do we need to buy into this big narrative topic or or this big propaganda push uh because it's all over the mainstream news all the people that i uh share compatriotism with 
they're falling in line. Well, before you swallow the bait, take a, a second to look and see if there's a hook, right? So uh, here's another thing I thought was interesting. Not all enemies use the front door. So you see the father with the sword protecting his child from a flaming, you know, uh, disaster or fire or whatever coming in the front door. And yet the child is holding this device. And I think the narrative here it's trying to relay is, yes, we are on guard for outward attacks, but don't let that sway you from being cognizant of the agendas that are filtering in through even our technological even our, our phones and our tablets that we're handing to our kids to, to you know, keep them entertained. So we're going to go ahead and get into this first video, which is uh, an interesting announcement Trump made after watching The Sound of Freedom film. And I'd love to hear your guys' opinion because we're going to share another clip uh, that kind of surmises why it might not be the best cause uh, or best film project to get behind. So check out this first clip from Trump and, and how he's been spurred on if he gets elected to instill the death penalty for anyone caught in sex trafficking. ...to host a screening at Bedminster of the important new film, Sound of Freedom, about the power of faith in overcoming evil, and in particular, the evil of child trafficking. Big problem. We had it down to the lowest number in many years, just four years ago, and now it's gone through the roof. Even though the fake news media has tried to ignore it, Sound of Freedom has been a national sensation and a colossal success at the box office. Really big numbers. Everyone should see it. This is a very important film and very important movie and it's a very important documentary all wrapped up in one. Film. It's really about an issue that has to be discussed. <laughs> Under my leadership, we did more than any administration in history to combat human trafficking and when you're reading a teleprompter slavery you know. he said it in twice one of my first acts in office i signed an executive order targeting transnational criminal organizations that traffic and exploit innocent people i signed the frederick douglas trafficking victims prevention and protection reauthorization act authorizing 430 million dollars to fight sex and labor trafficking i signed legislation to crack down on foreign countries who are not meeting standards for eliminating trafficking, of which there are many. I also signed into law the Abolish Human Trafficking Act, which strengthened programs supporting survivors and provided more resources for ending modern slavery. We do have modern slavery, if you can believe it. Additionally, I created the first ever White House position focused solely on combating human trafficking. And perhaps most importantly, we created the most secure border in U.S. history by far, dealing a major blow to the cartels and traffickers. We built hundreds of miles of wall. We renovated hundreds of miles of wall. We never had anything like it. And then I got Mexico free of charge to give us 28,000 soldiers to protect us from people coming into our country illegally. When I am back in the White House, I will immediately end the Biden border nightmare that traffickers are using to exploit vulnerable women and children. We will fully secure the border. I will wage war on the cartels, just as I destroyed the ISIS caliphate, 100% gone. 
100 percent destroyed. They'll come back now because we have a weak administration. I will use Title 42 to end the child trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families in their home countries and without delay. And I will urge Congress to ensure that anyone caught trafficking children across our border receives the death penalty immediately. And that includes also for women, because women, as you know, are number one in trafficking. Children are actually number two. I want to thank Eduardo, Jim, Tim Ballard, and everyone else involved in this film for their incredible efforts <laughs> and their great genius. Together, we will end the scourge of human trafficking, and we will defend the dignity of human life. Thank you very much. I think we have a new soundbite. <laughs> I, I think so, guys. Uh, that's hilarious. I, I wanted to get into this topic because I recently also watched the Sound of Freedom film, and the, t the thing I wanted to address is this. Um, in the film, The Sound of Freedom, there was an instant where, uh, I guess you could say, an agenda was very blatantly displayed. Okay, so the main character was offered, uh, before he enters into the deep Peruvian jungles to rescue a girl, uh, somebody offers him a syringe with a tracking device and says, hey, look, you can either inject it or keep it in your wallet. And this moment in the film stood out to me as a, uh, a glaring agenda, a very obvious agenda, because what it is is it demonstrates that um, for t there's two examples of what it uh, kind of subconsciously brings to mind. One, the tracking device was associated with being injected, right? And, of mm -hmm. course, we have all the conspiracies following the medical experiments of the past few years. But, two, it was associated with putting it in his wallet. And so what narrative could that lean into? Of course, the CBDC, Central Bank, digital cryptocurrency, uh, Mark of the Beast setup that we have been talking about for months and months now. And all of these are subconscious cues that were triggered by that particular scene in The Sound of Freedom. And, and of course, the movie stirs us emotionally for all the children that were being trafficked and going through all these various uh, terrible things. And it makes me think, okay, hold on a second. If we are being stirred emotionally to stop and fight back against trafficking... And a solution is offered, which is, hey, let's just microchip all of our children. Let's, uh, let's use this to solve not only our identity crisis issue uh, in the realm of AI uh, stealing real personas or, or you know, the dangers of that topic. If AI steals my identity, it can get, you know, my family to give it, you know, to give money to somebody I don't want to you know, be given money, you know, all of these are a variety of uh, ways that somebody would want to lock their identity down. And so with that said, uh, this movie, Sound of Freedom, uh, it, it really is popular um, today and, and because it's it feels good to support something that's good. And in no way in, in sharing about this am I saying sex trafficking is okay let's just forget about it it's not a problem yes let's deal with it but 
the Hegelian dialectic is where a problem is offered and a solution to that problem often becomes the hook found within the fish bait. And um, there is a great compilation put together by Doug and Stacy's Off Grid Living YouTube channel. And I wanted to watch it with you, Jeremiah, and see what you thought of the topic after we see the breakdown here by Doug. Fox 13 News has confirmed there is a criminal investigation into the Utah-based nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad. The organization works to rescue human trafficking victims around the world. If one thing I've learned over the last three years is trust but verify. Do not blindly accept anything that comes your way. Today we're going to talk about Tim Ballard and the Sounds of Freedom. It's pretty common knowledge that this movie was made over five years ago with the financing of Carlos Slim. Here's Tim Ballard telling you that right from his own mouth. Who's paying for this movie to come about? I think Jim's, aren't you from the bill? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, a great group of people have come together um, uh, to, to, to invest in this, in this production. Uh, uh, some of them, the, the, the Carlos Slim family is, is, is involved. Really? From Mexico. In the Times is Carlos Slim. Now, Carlos Slim, as you know, comes from Mexico. He's given many millions of dollars to the Clintons and their initiative. So, Carlos Slim, largest owner of the paper from Mexico. Reporters at the New York Times, they're not journalists. They're corporate lobbyists for Carlos Slim and for Hillary Clinton. Who's Carlos Slim? Well, some say he's a Mexican drug lord. Some say he, he's, a, he's a human trafficker. I'm about to show you a video clip where a woman hysterically outside of a hotel in Mexico is yelling to help get people's attention to tell them that Carlos Slim has people in an underground bunker. And I will let you know that the police took and she was never heard from again. So now we got that out of the way, Tim Ballard admits Carlos Slim is the financier of the movie. Carlos Slim is in bed with the Clinton Foundation and the Clintons and with the Gates Foundation. Of course he is. The Clintons, believe it or not, are in on this stuff. During the five years, whistleblowers are coming in to Utah and they're telling the prosecuting attorney there where Tim Ballard's company is that he's fabricating a lot of his stuff, right? He's like basically lying so he can get more donations, okay? And so the prosecuting attorney is, is looking into Tim Ballard and his organization, and they're finding out that, you know, 
he is not, his company and him have not personally went in themselves for a raid. They're piggybacking in with other government agencies and then making it look like the Underground Railroad was in charge of the whole operation. Fox 13 News has confirmed there is a criminal investigation into the Utah-based nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad. The organization works to rescue human trafficking victims around the world, including here in Utah. Fox 13 News investigative reporter Adam Herbetz joins us now with what we know so far. Adam. Yeah, Bob Kelly, because this is an ongoing criminal investigation, both sides are very limited in what they are saying. But Fox 13 News has learned that prosecutors are looking into several allegations. Now, Fox 13 News has learned the Davis County Attorney's Office has opened a criminal investigation into Operation Underground Railroad. According to Davis County Attorney Troy Rawlings, quote, We've received complaints and are in the process of reviewing those complaints to answer questions about the nonprofit. The Davis County Attorney's Office is also saying little about its case, but Fox 13 has learned County Attorney Troy Rollins posted a series of messages on his personal Instagram account last month. Quote, Please beware of any individual, entity, or organization who solicits your money and may be claiming credit for work to protect children that is actually done by our task force. They have had absolutely zero involvement in any of these arrests and successful prosecutions you see on display on the wall of shame in the Davis County Attorney's Office. According to public records, the nonprofit's revenue has more than tripled over a span of four years. Let's do it, man. We're going to answer the controversial questions right now. Oh, there's some, there's some big ones. OUR posted this video online last week, which did not address the investigation. The sooner we answer these questions, the sooner we can all join together. Earlier today, we received this brief response from Operation Underground Railroad's legal counsel, Adam Becker, who says he spoke with the Davis County attorney today who told him there is no investigation. We also reached out to the Attorney General, Sean Reyes. His office says they aren't aware of any investigation and he wouldn't comment even if he was aware of one. Bob, Kelly? So Adam, is there an investigation going on then? Yeah, I mean, based on all of the documents we've received, based on the quotes we've heard from Troy Rawlings, the Davis County attorney, we firmly believe there is an investigation going on here. We cannot answer or speculate why OUR's attorney would send us a statement stating that there isn't one, but we're confident in our reporting, which is why we're here tonight. Adam, this is a bombshell of a story. Of course, that nonprofit very well known here in Utah. Keep us updated. There's a lot of that stuff going on right now. You don't see what you see. You don't see the chemtrails in the sky. You don't smell burnt plastic when you're out doing your daily activities and your eyes are burning. Nothing to see here. It's just wildfires. Don't worry about that balloon. It's just a weather balloon. Nothing's going on here. <laughs> uh, all right, so bottom line is, He's under investigation. The movie's made five years ago. Carlos Slim finances the movie. Carlos Slim loves the Gates Foundation and he loves the Clinton Foundation. Now I wanna back up just a little bit because I wanna show you a video that I found with the Utah City Council members. This is awesome stuff, man. It, it, you, all this information is at the end of your fingertips. Like all you have to do 
spend some time researching and doing your due diligence. This is the information age. To a judge and get a that. Uh, maybe a homicide case, perhaps. But again, primarily the use of this software, as I understand it, is strictly children. And um, that would be the SOP would be utilized for extrapolating this information this from the cell phone. Okay, thank you. Councilmember Studley. Um, whenever I was reading through here, it doesn't say that that's all that it has to be used for. It said that that's what the recommended use is, that they wouldn't pull back their contract or funding or require the city to pay them back if they use it for something else. Um, you said that you were, you guys were approached by this company. <clears throat> I just want to kind of read some information here. So in 2020, Tim Ballard, who founded uh, our he um, came under investigation and is the subject of several investigative series that details his relationship with corrupt foreign government officials, his history of fabricating rescues and statistics, and several reports detailing accusations by law enforcement agencies, both foreign and domestic, accusing Ballard of fabricating and extrigating their relationships, including multiple accus accusations of creating and fostering an environment of child sex trafficking and evidence detailing our was an ongoing criminal enterprise since its founding. Um, the other thing I want to read is that, and this is the organized underground railroad. They are centered around black and Latino children and its fundraising work, but ignored requests from black activists to change the organization's name. At the same time, Ballard called an Operation Underground painting by Utah artist John McNaught, who also was the early, um, did, a, did a painting of Barack Obama burning the Constitution in 2012. He created a painting for this organization um, depicting Ballard, his wife, and other white people carrying black and brown children rescued from trafficking along a literal railroad with Harriet Tubman standing to the side and referencing along their path. And finally, Anne Gallagher, who the United States Department called the leading global expert on the international law on human trafficking, published an essay critical of Ours Tactics, which is this company that approached you guys. She said that their raids show an alarming lack of understanding about how sophisticated criminal trafficking networks must be approached and dismantled and called their operations arrogant, unethical, and illegal. So I just want to make sure that we all understand who we're getting in bed with here and that if there is software that's available for this type of um, uncovering device if you have a warrant from a judge i'm sure that there are other companies that would be willing to help you or that we could work with but i'm not comfortable um, getting in bed with this company at all and i don't think that you guys as a police department should want to get uh, in bed with someone like this either. Now I know you're probably focused on the you know information that she was sharing about the Tim Ballard's company being under investigation that had your focus but my focus backed up onto the police officer who was bringing in a yes or no vote for uh, basically computer software that he hadn't even vetted right they don't even know that Tim Ballard and his company was under investigation okay uh, you know, he's ready to insert this uh, spyware into the uh, computers uh, without any knowledge of actually where it comes from or the purpose of it. 
And this is one of the problems that we have in government today. Luckily, that city council person and, and a couple of others spoke up in opposition, slowed the process down, and now they'll be able to make an educated decision. But it was telling to see that she was saying maybe we could just find another company that can provide us the same you know, information or, or software. And it was almost like the police officer was against it. Like, like he was on a mission. But I don't know, it just could be me. Maybe watch it again and leave a comment down below on what you think. The, the, the backstory here is that police departments are gonna be sent out this software and this software is gonna be used to gather information, a database if you will, and started making databases, this is what's happened. Aware of, so that we don't allow our emotions to blind us from logic and reason. According to MK Ultra whistleblowers, the CIA acquired children for Project Monarch by cataloging child pornography sent through the U.S. mail. And the only thing that's changed since then is that the world has gone digital. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or the NCMEC, went international in 1999. The ICMEC was launched by Hillary Clinton and Tony Blair, with Richard Branson acting as a founding sponsor. In 2009, the Clinton Global Initiative partnered with the Polaris Project, and by 2014, they created a global modern-day slavery database of organizations in 199 countries to monitor human trafficking. Also in 2009, Amber Reddy Incorporated selected the Podesta Group, the infamous pedophile art collectors of the WikiLeaks Podesta email scandal, to be their PR company, where they were responsible for promoting Amber Reddy's cell phone technology, which created a database of children so that if they ever were abducted, their information was already on file. Once this child database syndicate was launched, human trafficking increased. Within nine years, the human trafficking industry went from around $30 billion a year to $150 billion a year. Nearly all child pornography is processed and stored within this framework on foreign servers in Sweden. In 2014, President Obama assigned the task of how to manage this gathered intelligence data to John Podesta. The Clintons, the Podestas, and their friends are demonstrably involved on the criminal side of child sex trafficking. If this is news to you, I recommend my report from 2019, Are the Clintons Involved in Human Trafficking?, which is based on the well-researched article by Corey Diggs. And it is this group who manage and run Polaris, the ICMEC, and the NCMEC. And these are the same groups that Angel Studios, producers of The Sound of Freedom, are directing people to as a way to combat child trafficking. Confirms what we all already know. Our government is corrupt on the highest levels. Sex trafficking in America is off the chain. Now this next clip I'm going to show you is, um, well, I'll just show it to you. So you may know that children were coming to this country from other countries. We were taking them into the care, HHS, and then delivering them to sponsors, sponsors, unvetted sponsors throughout the United States. 
So because one whistleblower came forward and because one organization was willing to tell the truth, I was able to then uncover and report that the U.S. government is the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation. We literally have government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking. So one whistleblower coming forward telling the truth sets in motion. And if you believe that the Democrats are the problem, then I recommend you look into the Franklin cover-up and the Bohemian Grove. Pedophilia is how the hidden hand controls their politician puppets. Awareness of this horrific problem is good, and perhaps Angel Studios is unaware of who they are promoting. But if we think that the same NGOs whose efforts increased the child sex trade by 500% will somehow end child sex slavery, then maybe we are too emotional to think clearly. We need to stop the madness. I'm trying to do the best that I can with this platform that the Lord has blessed me with, y'all. Now that you guys know a little bit more about Sound of Freedom, you're able to make a little bit better decision if you want to send them money or promote their literature or videos. No one is trying to detract from the child trafficking and the abuse of children. That's ridiculous. But we also just want to know the truth, right? If this has some kind of a, a bad vibe underpinning, if some kind of way the money that we're generating through the donations to this film could end up back into the hands that are the perpetrators, then we should all be aware of that. And if they're hiding that information from us, we should all do our due diligence and get the information out into the public for everyone to scrutinize and to look up. Right now, this moment here, I found that Tim Ballard has resigned from Underground Railroad, which is kind of telling. Don't understand why that would be. He's having such a great time on the media circuit, but I think this controversy is starting to blow up a little bit, and the cat's going to get out of the bag. That's one of the reasons why anyone's saying that you, if you say anything bad about this, you're supporting pedos and all this stuff. That's why. That right there was a huge red flag. We have to be able to talk about these things. We have to be able to communicate, see all sides of the story, and that helps with our discernment. If we only see one side of the story and we're just working off our emotions, we're gonna get in the trick bag every single time. Now in this video, I just talked about the child trafficking and I talked about his company and you know what's going on with them and you know, Carlos Slim. <laughs> Uh, you know, if I was going to run a trafficking show or movie, I would not go to Carlos Slim for any type of funding. So that right there is another red flag that you should think about hard and heavy. But as I was doing this investigating, I also ran across Tim Ballard working with Henry Kissinger in the Afghan coalition. Also with Barbara Feinstein. And a lot of other people, if you go look it up, that over the last bunch of years, they've come out of the closet, so to speak, on their anti-America, anti-rights, you know, anti-thinking-for-yourself agenda. And I just thought that was pretty interesting. I'll drop a few pictures here of Tom Ballard, all dressed up real pretty for his photo op with Henry Kissinger and the gang.
right? What did you think about that, Jeremiah? Kind of exposing some of the companies and the men that are being propped up as these pioneers to stop this terrible, terrible uh, industry, and yet there's more than meets the eye. What do you think? I think it's pretty interesting that he brings up Carlos Slim because did you know that Larry King now, when it was on Hulu, it was his Hulu show, was owned and produced by Carlos Slim. And you know how much I love Norm. I'll be playing a clip of him later, but not of this. But he actually made fun of Carlos Slim. So it makes me think that, that you know, these powerful people that own everything, they own everything. They own even the small companies. I mean, once they start putting their hands in the back pockets of, you know, smaller corporations, smaller, uh, you know, film productions, I mean, they can literally control everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have some videos here in a little bit that will demonstrate exactly what you're talking about. And, man, it's just a crazy, crazy world that we live in. And, uh, and now that we've shared this particular topic, let's look into this next interesting whistleblower uh, that shows how Fox News and some of these mainstream mm. conservative media sources are now in bed, uh, are now aiding and abetting and supporting uh, some pretty uh, wicked organizations. Uh, check out this video. Our first story here, Fox News has said they will match employee donations to Satanic Temple, the Trevor Project, Planned Parenthood, and the SPLC. Unbelievable. All the organizations, of course, that we would hope Fox would be against because they stand for all of the things that Fox's audience wants destroyed in the United States. But here we are. Whistleblowers from Fox News have revealed that the company uses an app called Fox Giving to match employee donations to approved organizations, which again include the Satanic, Satanic Temple, the Trevor Project, which by the way, for those of you who have been following the show, know has a chat room portal that they advertise to minors that allows for you to speak to an adult about your sexual identity. And if you hit the escape button three times, it clears your entire browser history. Cool. Is that the um, one with that Daniel Radcliffe speaks for on Trevor a regular Project, basis? Yeah, Radcliffe. okay. Yeah, so if that's not bad enough, of course, they're also matching donations to Planned Parenthood and the SPLC. They're willing to match donations up to $1,000. So the whistleblowers took the story to The Blaze, which reports that Fox is going to subsidize some of the very activist groups that despise and seek to ruin the network's viewers, evidencing a complete disregard and hatred for its core audience. We've seen a lot of shenanigans from the people over at Fox lately. Them getting rid of Tucker Carlson was certainly, in my estimation, a blunder on their part. I also think it was bad for the American people. The way I've described this in the past is that CNN tells you what you're supposed to believe, and then Fox exists to tell you what you're allowed to believe. If you're not going to swallow what they're trying to give you over at CNN, Fox offers you this alternative that's still somewhat market safe. It's still somewhat PC. And they tell you this is the outer limit. This is the boundary. Once you've hit this, you can't go further to the right or else you're a nut job and a conspiracy theorist. Part of the value of Tucker Carlson on that network was that he pushed that Overton window further to the right. They got rid of him. That is one step that Fox News has taken. And what I would argue is a long series of steps to insult their core audience and harm the movement what do you guys think I, my first question is what did fox say in response to the blaze piece did they put out a statement did they deny it did they confirm it i what haven't seen say? any comments from them yet and i will say there are a lot of corporations that offer this type of match giving right so yeah. google did this for a long time and i know that there were cases of, of employees opting to donate to conservative causes and google said no we won't do mm -hmm. it uh and so for me i i can't 
I don't personally know the whistleblower at Fox, but I would love to see what organizations Fox is denying. If they're saying yes yeah. to the SPLC, if they're saying yes to uh, Planned Parenthood, if they're saying yes to Satanic Temple, who are they also saying yes to? And who yeah. are they saying mm. no to? It's just hard for me to believe that Fox would, would do that, particularly with an organization like uh, SPLC. I mean, this is an organization that once called Dr. Ben Carson a hate monger. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I'm a little skeptical. I'd like to see what Fox has said in response because there are a lot of people that are mad at Fox and uh, they come forward, they give a story, and next thing you know, people run with it. So I, I just am skeptical all the time and I'm skeptical about this too. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a prudent approach to take to, to wonder what their statement is and I guess we'll see how they respond to this. I've definitely by, been disturbed by some of what Fox has done in the past year, but but I would agree that that's probably right. a, a safe course of action. And clearly I'm, I'm upset about Tucker Carlson not being there. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I announced for president on April 20th mm -hmm which turned out to be Tucker Carlson's neck to the last show. Mm. By the way, I started not to announce on April 20 because that's Hitler's birthday. I'm a little <laughs> suspicious <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we started to put it off for one week. I'm happy we didn't because mm -hmm. then we would have been on somebody else's show. We ended up being on the highest rated show in the prime time. Mm -hmm. So you believe that Fox is essentially, it's the outer limits of what you're allowed to, to believe publicly without being considered like far right, like yeah, I do not so. pass go, do not become OAN. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, th I think that's one way of looking at okay. it. They're sort of, uh, they're conservative. I think they're probably more in line with establishment conservatism, yeah. but people see them as safer, I think. So Fox, as compared to, you know, an organization that you mentioned, One American Network or some of these other networks and online publications, has somewhat uh, of an increased level of credibility in the mainstream, yeah. I would say. All right. So that was just, uh, I just wanted to show part of that video just to solidify in our minds how beholden large corporate media large corporations in general are to woke agendas because mm -hmm. there is legislation being pushed through by a very vocal minority that is kind of uh giving monetary incentive uh for them to go along with supporting these frankly toxic agendas when there's money to be had or there's a bottom line to be hurt even supposedly large conservative corporations will bow to the beast and that of course goes into our next video which is uh, a consequence to how Disney has been pushing gender ideology and they've lost uh, billions of dollars because of a kickback to their agendas so check this out this right here is Disney the corporation which was once quite literally the emblem of pure Americana. But right now, Disney is facing massive challenges, including an astounding loss of about $79 billion worth of market cap. And the reason for this loss is multifaceted. For instance, Disney is losing hundreds of millions of dollars on their most recent films. Their theme park attendance has completely nosedived. They've lost millions of subscribers to their Disney Plus service. All the while, it appears that Disney executives are doubling down on the very policies and the very ideologies that got them into this mess in the first place. And before we dive into the specifics, I'll mention that if you appreciate content like this, which often gets completely ignored by the mainstream media, well, I hope you consider smashing those like and subscribe buttons below this video so that this video can get out to ever more people via the YouTube algorithm. Same here now, for this channel. To start with, if you've ever been to Disney World, then you know how just absolutely jam-packed it always is, especially during the holidays. It's not uncommon to stand around for quite literally hours just waiting in line for some ride. But that doesn't seem to be the case, at least anymore. That's because starting around July 4th of this year, well, photos began circulating online 
showing how empty the streets of Disney World and Epcot have actually become. You can see some of the photos up on your screen right now, showing what were once jam-packed pavilions now pretty much standing empty. Now this tweet here pretty much sums it up nicely. Quote, Disney World in Orlando is suffering. Here it is nearly mid-July, schools are out, families are on vacation, and the streets at Disney are just about empty. And then the photo right below that text shows a girl at Disney World and the street behind her is pretty low on traffic to say the least. However, besides all this anecdotal evidence like these photos, there's also real concrete data to back up that this is in fact happening. In fact, about two weeks ago, in the Wall Street Journal, they published an article titled, quote, Disney World hasn't felt this empty in years. And within this article, they cited data from a company called Turing Plants, which is a company that tracks waiting times at different theme parks across the country. And on your screen right now is a graphical representation of their data. It shows how the July 4th waiting times at four different Walt Disney theme parks have changed over the years. And the decline is tremendous. For instance, if you went to Magic Kingdom in 2019, you would be standing in line for an average of about 45 minutes. However, if you went there this year, the wait time would be closer to 25 minutes. Likewise, the waiting times for Hollywood Studios was cut in half from about 40 minutes in 2019 to only 20 minutes this year. Judging by these numbers, it would appear that the foot traffic in Disney World has been cut by approximately 50%, which is a drop-off that is so significant that during a recent investor conference, Mr. Bob Iger, who is the current CEO of Disney, he had to address it, and he had to give a reason for why it was happening. However, here's the kicker. When Mr. Bob Iger came out, he pinned the blame exclusively for this massive drop-off in foot traffic on something that he referred to as affordability issues. Here's specifically what he said during the first quarter earnings call with Disney investors. Some of our pricing initiatives were alienating to consumers. I have always believed that accessibility is a core value of the Disney brand. We were not perceived to be as accessible or as affordable to many segments as we probably should have been. And there might actually be some truth to that, because if you look at the price changes of Walt Disney World over time, and you compare it to things like rent, wages, and gasoline, you find a chart that looks something like this, showing that the price of a Disney vacation has increased by a staggering 3,800% over the past 50 years, outpacing all the other things. But if you think about it for a quick second, given the fact that these Disney prices have been increasing over the past 50 years now, does it really make sense that pricing is the only issue for why foot traffic suddenly stopped this year? Because despite the fact that the price has increased and Disney has indeed become more expensive, well, there are many other elephants in the room that the CEO failed to mention, which could be leading to this drop-off in attendance. These are things like Disney removing the use of gender-specific pronouns at the park, meaning that employees are no longer allowed to say things like boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen, and instead, they now just have to say, hello, everyone. It could be the fact that Disney took or a hello, very heavy-handed political stance against Florida's anti-grooming bill. It could be the fact that many parents don't agree with having transgender men dress up as female characters around their kids. Or it could be the fact that middle Americans don't necessarily appreciate Disney putting their park employees through mandatory anti-racism re-education, which for reference includes things like having them fill out privileged checklists, decolonizing their personal bookshelves, and participating in what they refer to as reparations. None of that was mentioned by the CEO. But it gets a lot deeper than that. Regardless, everything that we just discussed was related only to the Disney theme parks. But Disney's problems go significantly further than that. Because over on the film side, Disney has lost a staggering $900 million from their last eight releases. 
Now again, just like with the theme park situation, this could be due to poor marketing, external market conditions, or it could be due to people not having enough pocket money to go to the movies. Or perhaps it could have something to do with the fact that Disney employees are pushing gender ideology through their movies, which is, by the way, not speculation. In fact, last year, there was an internal video conference within Disney, which was then leaked to the public. And in that meeting, you had the Disney corporate president, Ms. Carrie Burke, explain how she wants a minimum, a minimum of 50% of Disney's new characters to be either LGBTQ and or racial minorities. Here's a clip from that video. I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child. Um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and and also as a leader, we had a we had an open forum last week at twentieth where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years, where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content, and I went, what? I, that can't be true, and I and I and I realized, oh. It, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads. And going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so. I know that we will be, and um, and I hope this is a moment where shoot um, the fifty percent of the tears. <laughs> Sorry, are <laughs> coming. Um, uh, we don't we just don't allow each other to go backwards and indeed it's worth mentioning that that plan was already being implemented when she made that statement because during the call a disney production coordinator who was also on the call explained how they've already set up a tracker to make sure that they are creating enough gender non-conforming characters take a listen i've had the privilege of working with the moon girl team for the last two years and they've been really open to exploring queer stories and part of i'm on the production <laughs> side uh, part of uh, the work that I feel like I can put in is um, making sure that we take place in modern day New York. So making sure that that's like an accurate reflection of New York. So I put together like a tracker of our background characters to make sure that we have like a, the full breadth of expression. And uh, we got into a very similar conversation, Carrie, of like, oh, all of our like gender non-conforming characters are in the background. And so it's not just a numbers game um, of how many LGBTQ plus characters you have. And indeed, true to their word, if we look at several of the most recent Disney releases, they include an openly gay character in Strange World, a gay kissing scene in Lightyear, a non-binary character in the movie Elemental, and so on and so forth. And of course, you had the injection of other types of this progressive ideology into the last several films as well. For instance, the deconstruction of previously masculine characters like Indiana Jones and Luke mm -hmm. Skywalker, as well as the race swapping of many characters like Tinkerbell, Ariel, and Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Now, whether or not this is the main reason why these movies tanked isn't exactly clear. It could again be a combination of many different factors. I've heard critics say that it was bad marketing, economic conditions, or just really bad storytelling and writing. But it would be ridiculous to deny the fact that millions of mothers across America, well, they don't necessarily feel comfortable taking their small kids to see films with those sorts of messages. However, it seems like despite the fact that Disney has lost quite literally hundreds of millions of dollars on their last several releases, they are continuing to go down the same path, evidenced by the recently leaked photos from the quote-unquote Snow White remake. 
Regardless, as bad as it is to lose $900 million on their last eight movies, it gets even worse for Disney when you consider the fact that this $900 million loss is coupled with them losing quite literally billions of dollars on their streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Here's an article that was published in the LA Times just four months ago explaining how much Disney has actually lost. Quote, Disney went to market with Disney Plus in November 2019 with a $6.99 a month subscription fee, which helped the service quickly attract millions of subscribers in its quest to rival Netflix. But the service has lost billions of dollars for the company. Disney raised the fee by nearly $3 a month because the company has been losing billions of dollars a year on its streaming ventures. In the most recent quarter, Disney's direct-to-consumer segment lost $1.1 billion. A loss of $1.1 billion in the last quarter alone. You take all of this into consideration, and suddenly it becomes rather clear as to why Disney's stock price has just completely nosedived, and the company has lost about half of their market cap over the last two years, which, just for your reference, amounts to a staggering loss of about $79 billion. And of course, because of this massive loss in investor confidence, Disney is now in the midst of laying off, quite literally, thousands of their employees. And so that is the general situation. It appears that, very similar to what happened with Bud Light and Target, Disney chose to embrace a certain ideology in their products, and the market appears to be reacting accordingly. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? <laughs> so uh, what did you think about that, Jeremiah? Well, I think Disney went full woke-tard. That's, that's my new copyrighted term, woke-tard. I mean, they went full woke, and, and it's heartbreaking because I love, I used to love Disney. It's, it's, it hurts to even say I used to, you know? It, it was such a big part of my childhood. It's how me and Opa got most of our bonding, you know? Like, that's, it used to be such a great company, and what they turned it into is, is disgusting. And, you know, it just, it just shows that, that you know, they are, the, they are the, the, the people that they're trying to make happy are like 2% of the population. Their, their viewer base used to be conservative people, it used to be people that wanted to spend time yeah. with their family, and now it's not. Now it's, oh, well, we gotta have a woke thing. We have to have a, a lesbian kiss or whatever. But uh, we, we do have a Disney expert in the studio, Opa, and I would love to hear what he thinks about it. I think they've gone way beyond <clears throat> what they should as far as uh, wokeness um, and I really am sad to see uh, what the company has has turned itself into and uh, I was kind of hoping that when Iger got back uh, as CEO that he would change things and matter of fact I'm kind of hoping because uh, Snow White I don't I, I think is right now in in the middle of uh filming and i'm hope he's just gonna cut it shelve it that'd probably be better i mean have you seen the the leaked photos of snow white and the seven little people no i haven't oh my gosh uh, it, i mean her name is snow white right it's uh i think she's puerto rican latino L latin latino latinx let's be woke here uh she's latinx and the seven Mag little people magical people magical people that they're not even dwarfs wow. it's insane it makes no sense <laughs> that was disney's big claim to fame like that was that their was, that was their first 
movie, first animated movie film. that or any, as Trump would that say, film. anybody made back in the 30s, and it was a huge success. And now they're doing a live action, which is stupid. Is I don't know if they do a good job on it. I I wouldn't mind that, but but by changing the storyline, like they have done on a lot of these live actions, uh, it just it's terrible. And I'll tell you where it all broke my heart is when Disney Plus came out and they put a little disclaimer before Peter Pan. And that that just that just broke it for me. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Uh, it's crazy to think how just I mean, it's not so crazy to think to understand that if the NWO's agenda is human depopulation, then of course the uh, agendas that's going to be put through our entertainment, just like I showed in that video of the father protecting his child from the front door, right? And the child's still, you know, looking at their tablet, observe, you know, looking at all this content that's brainwashing them while the dad's back's turned to that and trying to fight off the fiery flames of whatever. Uh, we can see that this NWO environmental green agenda is sifting down into the populace, convincing people that in order to save the world, we need to stop procreating. We need to have abortions. We need to not have children. We need to follow all these draconian mandates and laws. And it's just, it's insane how the world is gone. And, and it, really whenever we look at situations like what's happening with Disney uh, we see that people are becoming aware of the agendas mm -hmm. however more, it, it's, it's just drawing a more distinct line between good and evil and, and I think that's really what uh, we're all starting to realize is that look if you're still buying into the woke agendas and, and ideology and whatnot, then you know, I, I'm sorry to tell you, but uh, it, it's not going to go easy in the coming years. I'll pick you up. know, uh, oh, go I, ahead. I don't see the problem with saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and they change that to just dreamers of all ages. I, I don't understand oh, yeah, that. I, know. I, I have no idea why they change that. And another thing that I think I'm seeing as far as people going to the movies, uh, Disney Plus probably messed that up too during, uh, during the uh, uh, pandemic uh, because people would wait until the movie came on to Disney Plus to watch it. They didn't want to go into the darn movie theater. And, and a lot of these people have long-term Disney Plus uh, subscriptions. Uh, subscriptions. I do. I, I pay by the year. Uh, so even if they raise the prices, mine, mine was fixed. And I'm, I'm not going to the movie to go see this woke stuff. But, but I will kind of like watch it for a little bit on... Uh, on just to uh, see how woke it just is. Just to see how woke it is. But, but uh, you know, I... If you go to my house, you'll see that I have a huge collection of Disney memorabilia and, and DVDs. And I'm going to refuse to buy a lot of this DVDs and Blu-rays because the movies are horrible.
Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's what do we support? Is entertainment enough for us to sell our souls to these agendas? I don't think so. All these different corporate brainwashing uh, attempts uh, on the human populace. Uh, Here is a slip up of uh, our vice president sharing really what they think of us. Check out this next clip. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population. Wait, what? And reduce population. More of our children can breathe clean air. Uh, yeah, Kamala, clean air sounds real good and all that, but I'm pretty sure that I'm the population. I don't really want to be reduced because I'm pretty sure that means killed. You said the quiet part out loud. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to publicly tell the people who you're trying to erase that there's a secret plan to erase them. That's just stupid. Let's just stick with oil and gas, okay? We're all really into saving the environment and all that, but not at the cost of reducing the population. Nobody here is trying to die so that the next generation can drive a battery-powered Ferrari. I mean, have you seen the next generation? I met a dude the other day with long purple hair and a five o'clock shadow who identifies as a paperclip. Clean air is not gonna help the next generation. They need medicine, and not the medicine y'all been using to reduce the population. I'm sorry, but saving the trees we need less trees and more people who aren't as dumb as rocks have a good one (laughs) (laughs) we need less trees and more people that are not as dumb as rocks Mm -hmm. uh but yeah man i mean you hear these little slips and it's because they're speaking from a script and the script is passed out to all these corporations and even our administration is beholden to the nwo agenda um, and this has been warned about all the way back in even Charlie Chaplin's time. Are you familiar with Charlie Chaplin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, uh, the, uh, the renowned, quiet, physically comedic filmmaker, right, had this to say and was one of the reasons that he was uh, hounded by government interests for some time. Check out this clip. He'd been telling us since 1950. It is like all forms of government. But somebody must rule. And I don't like the word rule. Well, if we don't like the word rule, let's call it leadership. Leadership in government is political power, and political power is an official form of antagonizing the people. What magazine did you say he edits? A commentary on current events. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me, Lester. But, uh, my dear young man, politics are necessary. Politics are rules imposed upon the people. In this country, rules are not imposed. They are the wish of all free citizens. Travel around a bit, then you'll see how free they are. Yes, but you didn't let me finish. They have every man in a straitjacket. And without a passport, he can't move a toe. But if you'll allow me to... In a free world, they violate the natural rights of every citizen. But you don't let me fully... They have become the weapons of political despots. Yes, but may I... And if you don't think as they think, you're deprived of your passport. Will you allow me to... to leave a country is like breaking out of jail. Yes, And but... to enter a country is like going through the eye of a needle. But Am we... I free to travel? Of course you're free to travel. Only with a passport. Will you allow me to say something? Only with a passport. Do animals need passports? <laughs> Have you finished? It's in Congress that in this atomic age of speed, we are shut in and shut out by passports. If you'll shut up and let somebody else talk... And free speech, does that... Wow. We are shut in and shut up by passports. And, of course, we know the next big push is medical identification when you travel abroad. And mm-hmm. uh, 
and a V passport, if you know what I mean. So isn't that interesting? He he was encoding truth all the way back in the 1950s. What do you guys think about it? What about you, Opa? Are you familiar with good old Charlie Chaplin? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, had, uh, he, he had a lot of criticism during his time for movies that he made and movies that he participated in. And uh, I think he was way ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Yep, he kind of predicted today's governmental control uh, over people, right there. I mean, yeah, it's insane. Well, uh, back on this topic of shutting people up and controlling them, guess what? Here's a heads up that there is now a new office of pandemic preparedness and response policy. And uh, it's from Dabu7, and it's something that ties into this whole narrative of control. This is Dabu7. I want to share with you here some new information that was just posted by the White House officially. As you can see right here on their own site, they launch the Permanent Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy. This is brand new. They just slid it out there on their website, not a lot of talk about it, but people should know they are telegraphing the next big event. This all started with Bill Gates and his comments that the next event, he said, would happen within five years. He said that in 2020, that put 2025 on our radar. Ever since then, it's been showing up again and again, as you can see here with the spars. This scenario, training exercise that they have, it is supposed to be fictional, but it is geared toward the years 2025 to 2028. Then we have Emily Landon hosting this Facing the Threat of Future Pandemics, and they call it COVID-2025. Again, over and over again, 2025 is being telegraphed as a window of something happening. Now the White House has officially put it out there and I want folks to know this is what's going down in the this man that you see right here. He is heading up this whole thing. This is Major General Paul Fredericks. He will lead this newly established office. He is a retired Air Force Major General, and he currently holds the position of special assistant to Joe Biden, and he serves as the senior director for global health security and biodefense at the White House underneath the National Security Council. So they telegraphed 2021 in early speeches. We saw, of course, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Gates speaking about, oh, hey, in the next few years, we're going to undergo a global pandemic. And then what happened in 2021? Well, you know it. little meme interesting here. Bill Gates' company released billions of mosquitoes in Florida and Texas. Malaria now in Florida and Texas for the first time in 20 years. And Bill Gates has a malaria vaccine almost ready. Oh, that's I wonder great. where the next malaria outbreak might be. <laughs> wow. So when you put all the puzzle pieces together, the puzzle pieces start to look a little bit like a picture that you can make into what they're trying to pull over your head. Yeah, And uh, there's another video I saw. It was posted by Chad Riley um, on his uh, page. And it's the litmus test of how the government 
will accomplish this stuff systematically employing their measures that will allow these things to take place. Check out this next video. You know, this is a story that we have been uh, researching and following as the as the blogs have picked up on it, and developments continue. The Department of Homeland Security buying ammunition, now looking to purchase another 21 million rounds of ammunition. This in addition, of course, to the 1.6 billion rounds that Homeland Security has bought in just the past 10 months. It is a pleasure to be here today as the President signs the 2010 National Defense Authorization Act. You know, as Commander-in-Chief, uh, I will always do whatever it takes to keep the American people safe, to defend this nation. And that's why this bill provides for the best military in the history of the world. Today I'm pleased to say that we have proved that change is possible. It may not come quickly or all at once, but if you push hard enough, it does come eventually. You're saying kill us are okay? Kill the enemy? Absolutely. How do you know they're the enemy without a trial, without finding out they're guilty? We do know. Our CIA does it. We do it because, listen, you know... Alawaki, his 16-year-old son was murdered. He was an American Alawaki citizen. should have been killed if his kid was with him. That's the breaks. Do you think that the killing of Amar Alawaki's 16-year-old son, who is an American citizen, is justifiable? Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to get into Anwar Alawaki's son. I know that Anwar Alawaki um, renounced his citizenship. His son was still an American citizen. Did great harm to uh, people in this country. Uh, and was a regional Al-Qaeda commander hoping to inflict harm uh, and destruction uh, on people that share his religion uh, and others in this country. And, that's an American citizen that's being targeted without due process of law, without trial, and he's underage, he's a minor. I, I, I would suggest that you uh, should have a far more responsible father if they're uh, truly concerned about the well-being of their children. But we can't help but wonder why the Department of Homeland Security should need more than 20 times as much ammunition as it took to fight the Iraq war. We made some very interesting connections with some high-level uh, intelligence people, um, and you were recently contacted by one. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what this person had to say. Well, this was a bit of a surprise because this wasn't the normal phone call in, in the wee hours because they always mess up the time. Um, this was a call from America. and. Uh, it was a, senior, uh, a retired uh, senior officer uh, in the U.S. military who was quite upset that uh, something was being done to his, his people. And uh, he wanted to know if I would help him get the word out. Basically, the, um, the military officers were being uh, asked, and he called it a litmus test himself, that isn't my words, um, a litmus test, uh, um, a way of finding out, do you fall on one side of the agenda or do you fall on the other side? Are you loyal to the Constitution? Uh, and the uh, rights, the Bill of Rights, the original intent of the founders and their writings. Are you, are you there? Do you fall in that camp or do you follow, fall into the camp of uh, loyalty, fealty, abeyance to Mr. Obama? And so that was the question being asked. If in a scenario where you were uh, asked to uh, confiscate guns, 
and the public, in spite of their Second Amendment rights to hold and have uh, armament, um, if they were refusing and you received an order as high up as the president, uh, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces, um, to take those arms and they were refusing, if the next order was to fire on American citizens, would you do it? That's the litmus test. Would you do it? And why do you think the question is being posed? It, it appears they're getting their ducks in line and preparing for something. Um, what, what do you think is the point of all this? You mean the body bags and the shells? <laughs> you mean the, the preparation for internal war? Uh, yeah, tell us about the, the fact that they, the, the American government is just the military's purchased, I believe it's 1.7 billion hull point rounds. Um, does that tie into this? Absolutely. Well, it, that shouldn't shock anyone. That 1.6, 1.7 billion rounds is merely to keep up with the population that have purchased the same number. I think the shock has been uh, for Obama and crew is that the American public would react the way they have um, given some of the moves that he's made. And I mean, they've tracked, you know, they actually when things happen. So if he's done a presidential executive order at this point in time, and uh, the reaction has been that people have gone out en masse and bought, you know, a million new guns that next week. Um, he, he realizes that he's to blame for what's happened. What he didn't think was that it would continue, that every time there was a new executive order, every time that there was something that caused fear out there about the loss of freedom or liberty on the part of Americans, their reaction was to go buy more guns. Uh, go buy more guns, so there's armament, there's armor, and then there's provisioning. And so you've got this whole movement that has just gone crazy of people provisioning for uh, an eventuality. Uh, when you see the government buying enough body bags to basically deal with half the population, um, you gotta say, wait a minute, what's this about? Enough uh, shells to deal with the population, you know, 10 times, uh, 10 shots per person. Um, you gotta say, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? Founding fathers set it up uh, well, knowing full well what had happened with the British moving in, taking over your homes, taking over your beds, and sleeping with your wives. I mean, let's not forget, you know, the extent to which it went. Under law, all of it legal. The litmus test that this gentleman referenced uh, and asked me to share uh, is a very real thing. Uh, will you, in fact, shoot Americans if they won't give you your guns? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's the question being asked at the highest level of military, and that that question, of course, will be descending in ranks. And the phone-in shows, we've had 40 American military officers, officers phone in and say that, in fact, yes, the litmus test is taking place. Either we've been directly witness to it and have been asked the question ourselves, or we've heard from others just slightly above us in rank who've said, you won't believe what they're asking. Considering we're so integrated with the American uh, military forces and Canadian authorities are beginning to become more and more integrated with the Americans. How do you think this might affect Canadians should some type of martial law type scenario happen in the state? Well, I think you know that we'll be drawn in by virtue of treaty, by virtue of agreement, and whether it's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, handshake by the good fellas, uh, you know, Mr. Harper and Mr. Obama, there is an implication there for involvement one with the other. 
Uh, you mentioned martial law. Well, there, there's already an agreement in place that says if martial law is declared in one country, that the other country can be asked to send their troops into that country. How far does this go? Does there need to be an invitation? Or if martial law is, is uh, declared in one country, are you in fact then able to move into the other country with troops without an invitation? How far does this go? In your opinion, is in their minds are the people who may be of interest to fire upon? Yeah, well, they've identified Christians, they've identified troops coming back uh, as, you know, from, from the different wars. And of course, I have to say this, they're, they're accurate in that um, because it has to do with loyalties. Where do the loyalties lie? Uh, Christians, the loyalty lies to God. Um, troops coming back, they actually believe in the Constitution. They believe in the nation as a whole. They don't believe in dictatorship. Uh, they fought against that kind of stuff. So um, they're coming back with a different foci and they're also uh, a different loyalty base. Yeah, it's a changing of the guard. It's uh, doing away with the old loyalties and bringing in the young kids who don't have those loyalties. They are now being given new loyalties and taught how to, how to uh, bow the knee. Obama was smart to say that returning military could be labeled as terrorists. Because of all the people who have the skills, have the organizational ability, and have the inclination uh, to protect the country, uh, those are the very people who would be the first ones to undo everything that, that Obama's doing. It's for real. It's so real for my, to my mind that I've heard enough authority, enough people with sufficient authority, including former governors, senators, military people, admiral, general level, those people, they're all preparing. We are in pre precarious days. Um, sovereignty means nothing to him. When you see the moves of Obama and you really understand what he's done, he is a criminal in the White House. So if that's the case, how far do criminals go to win? All the way. If you gave in to the mandates over the past few years, then you were culpable, you were participating in the purging. If you bowed down to the man when they purged the military uh, and the medical establishments across the United States and across the world of anybody who would stand up against mandates, then it's exactly what they're talking about. And uh, this is really, it's, it's the agenda of how these things could come about in a country of freedom and uh and, and i know he's referring to obama and some of the the things that obama did but the the way that it would be implemented is still true till today and so um we're going to go ahead and uh play this next video which is actually related to this topic which is that uh, there is an agenda pushing to uh, take away people's ability to be self-sufficient, to protect themselves, to provide energy and power in off-grid situations. Uh, so check out this next video, uh, which uh, it should pop up some red flags. This is Dabu7, and this is a heads up for any survivalist, any prepper, any person out there that's got a business, maybe a camper, anything that runs off of a gas generator the biden regime going after them just as they were threatening to go after all the gas stoves out there and we see certain states like new york state implementing rules like that on their own and 
in this instance, this puts a lot of people underneath of this umbrella. They have this proposed Consumer Product Safety Commission rule, and this will limit the amount of carbon monoxide that a product can emit. Now, with the commission admitting 95% of all of our portable gas generators that are on the market right now cannot comply with this new standard. As a result, they say that this rule will prompt widespread generator shortages and they're only giving the manufacturers six months to design and meet, design new generators and meet this proposed regulation. So that is a process that normally takes years. This is raising eyebrows. Why are you rushing this all of a sudden to make this happen now? And if you couple this with the whole gas stove thing and they ram both down everyone's throats, I mean, is anyone rising up to stop anything out there? This is really going to come down to state battles and just how far some states are going to be willing to let the federal gov government push them around and take their freedoms and put them in a bad position. So a lot of red flags with this one. I wanted to put the heads up out there and let it be known this is what's going on. I'm going to break this down even further on the next live show. Make sure to join me. Going live Monday and Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, Dabu 7-7. Wow. So uh, we see the Green Deal thought process is pushing people uh, to give up the ability to have a gas generator? Wow. <laughs> well, uh, this next video could be related to this topic. Check this out. This is Dabu 7. We've got a lot going on every day. But this story right here deserves some attention as we have senators up in arms and raising questions wanting to know who this mystery group is that just came and bought $800 million worth of land around Travis Air Force Base. This is one of the most critically secure and targeted military bases in the U.S. There's been eight months of investigation and government officials still are unable to identify who's behind this group. The group itself is called the Flannery Group, and they have representation through these lawyers that are being contacted with, by officials and are talking to officials, but they're not saying much more, besides that the group consists of 97% Americans, and that they want to do this and that with the land. Here's another problem. The story keeps changing. They said that they were going to build a deep sea port out in this area and they're like it's 10 miles away from the closest body of water. Then they said that they wanted to plant crops in the land around there and they said what well, this would be some of the most expensive farmland you could ever purchase in America. Why would you do that? More red flags flying. Local farmers are being sued by this group because this group is trying to forcibly come in and buy up everything. So it's caused this fiasco here where some are saying, dude, what is really going on? Is China connected to this? Some of the senators, Rep. John Garamendi, he says that he doesn't know. He doesn't want to speculate down that route without having solid evidence, but it very well could be because they don't know. 
another issue with this is the same group has not only bought up all this land right around the military base on three full sides of it completely but also surrounding the corridor that controls all the power in the area what is going on here who is this group what is about to go down they are strategically positioning themselves right here in this country just simply by buying up the land and making moves so at least some senators are voicing some concern and some people are talking about this in my opinion everyone should be this is big time one of the most critical air force facilities in the country surrounded by this mystery group and not to mention this whole grid corridor follow me on the live streams right so one we have a push to get people off of self-sufficient power means like gas generators propane stoves and then we have a consolidation of you know energy and you know companies buying out uh, land around uh, interstate electrical grid systems you know all of this is very interesting and um worth paying attention to i'd say yep all right so uh for the sake of time we're going to skip video 11 opa check out this next video uh that breaks down quantum ai Quantum computers are able to solve certain types of problems faster than classical computers by taking advantage of quantum mechanical effects. Here comes all the science and the gobbledygook, such as superposition and quantum interference. Whereas classical computers switch transistors either on or off to symbolize data as ones or zeros, quantum computers use quantum bits or qubits, which, because of the peculiar nature of quantum physics, can exist in a state called superposition, where they are both one and zero at the same time. When an electron is in superposition, its different states can be thought of as separate outcomes, each with a peculiar probability of being observed. An electron might be said to be in a superposition of two different velocities or in two places at once. And that's the dumbed down version. Let me help you understand. You guys have heard of the term duality, right? It's an instance of opposition or contrast between two concepts or two aspects of something, a dualism. Let's use light and dark as opposing forces, which is dualism. The more light you have, the less dark you have, and vice versa. Quantum physics say both the proton, the proton of light and the proton of dark are the same thing, and they are actually twins, but have different personalities. One focuses on light and the other focuses on dark. Good, bad. They stay in their nature. Quantum computers can look for information from both worlds of light and dark to find answers quicker. This is what Elon Musk means when he said AI, with AI they are summoning the demon. Yeah, because he knows. Quantum computers simply ask for data from the spiritual world. That's it. It will base its answer from whichever responds faster. Light comes first or the dark comes first. 
The D-Wave computer needs the core processor to be colder than space to access data from the other side. It cannot operate without the temperature to be at absolute zero, which isolates our world to access the other world. Does that make sense? Without interference, by the way. It has nothing to do with the QPU processor and overheating issues. Because engineers are on the spectrum, which means their pineal gland doesn't produce the god gene, they do not believe they are playing with the dark side or evil, rather just another dimension that needs to be understood scientifically to them. They have no fear of consequences because engineers, not all, but many lack empathy and apathy. This explains the first atomic bomb test. Theoretically, it should have worked, but they tested it anyways, which had huge repercussions on the environment and our space and time continuum, not including the atmosphere. Artificial intelligence combined with quantum computation asks for data from the dark world. It will think like the dark world and most probably is the key to conjuring what is supposed to remain over there now has access over here. <laughs> Add a humanoid robot and it isn't a far fetch to assume an entity from the dark side can now, through machines on their side, walk and talk in our world. And thanks to Elon, have access to internet anywhere at any time and with enough speed for communication I mean Starlink is really fast since processing speeds multiplies yearly because of Moore's law ingenuity demand and our industry it won't be long before robots will have quantum computing and artificial intelligence inside them and walking and talking being influenced by an unseen world <laughs> think of it like this It'd be like a demon climbing into a humanoid avatar spacesuit in their world and putting on virtual reality goggles, put on their microphone, and have the ability to walk and talk amongst us. Hollywood has many movies about things like that, don't they? All because the engineers didn't stop and think, what kind of long-term damage could this really cause? Maybe Revelations talks about this, but through the eyes of John the Revelator's vision of a world he had a very hard time describing. Frogs, locusts with stinging tails, and the like could very well be humanoid robots and flying machines or drones that he saw which had lasers protruding through an arm gun. And since we can create any image we want of humanoids, especially with artificial skin, eyes, and the like, Perhaps what comes out may look like frogs or locusts. Maybe the gray aliens and insectoids we hear about are just technology we've advanced ourselves through black budgets and secrecy, and the beings already possess the quantum chips. Maybe our government has been waiting for Starlink to hook them all up and start the alien invasion. What a spectacle of fraud and illusion this would put in where men's hearts would definitely fail them from fear. But there will be people like me who question the existence of such creatures and ask the question of, could this be man-made and fallen angels combined? 
since spirits have trouble manifesting to do their will in this dimension, and there's proof of that, what better way to remove God and replace him with the dark world's message? After all, they will bring gifts and technology to man in the name of peace and offer us hope in saving us from ourselves. But in reality, it was just a new age, modern day Trojan horse. Quantum computers, in my opinion, are the tool for the demonic dimension to have open and uninterrupted communication with our planet or our dimension. When in the past you had to cast spells by morphing herbs, crystals, and use sound to open up a channel, man, with the help of the watchers, have perfected the ham radio of spirits, allowing an army to be released upon itself. 3D printing also has advanced so much to where you can use metals now and you can produce fully functional machines within minutes. Imagine releasing that havoc upon the earth. It, it isn't far-fetched again to say we could easily create an army of drones that could or can take over the world if given the order. Since the elite who have owned our future for eons, are religious, and worship the exact realm we are now computing with, they see their utopia on the horizon. A world with a small population of workers run by them, with the promise from their master they will travel to the stars and be like gods. It's too bad they don't understand their god and what his plans are for them. A prideful and arguably the most powerful fallen angel of all who would never share his throne with clay. A creature who gave up his fourth in command above all to become like his father in the first place. An angel who has a history of lying, stealing, killing, and destroying the same creatures he begged his father not to create in the first place. The Bible says he loses but not until he takes as many of you with him. And that is the end game. So all of these agendas summed up, that is the end game to yep. lead us all astray and to distract us, just like I shared in that first meme. And with that said, that's all the news for this week, Jeremiah. Thanks. All right, man, I appreciate all your insightful current news. I mean, a lot of stuff that I'd never seen before, which is why I love you doing the current news, because you do such a great job, so I appreciate you, man. Now check out this promo of my mom's book, The Protocol That Kills. King's Gate Media and Skiba News Nation present an exhaustive expose on government. The new amazing book, The Emotional and Disturbing True Story. Sheila Skiba, following Rob Skiba's death, his widow, Sheila, and co-authors spent countless hours analyzing 40 days of recorded conversations, the transcripts of which appear in the book. This is an extremely well-written first-hand account of the horrors Sheila Skiba endured for the 40 days her husband was held captive in the hospital. It was hard to read and relive since I vividly remember when this was happening to this precious man. But I believe every person needs to know what was going on during the insanity of the pandemic. Sheila Skiba, The Protocol That Kills a True Crime Story. This book shares a wealth of critical insights that will greatly aid in preventing future needless losses of life. Available on Amazon. Order now. Find more at theprotocolthatkills.com.
So find out what truly happened to my dad by getting yourself a copy of The Protocol That Kills. Now it's about that time for an all-new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. The following presentation may contain too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ, Cat Jokes. Parental guidance suggested. Welp, it's time for another Opa's Corner. So, let's get started. A farmer named Rick had a car accident. In court, the trucking company's lawyer was questioning Rick. Didn't you say to the highway patrol officer after the accident, I'm fine? Rick responded. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I just loaded my favorite mule, Bessie, into the... I didn't ask you for details. Just answer the question. Did you not say at the scene of the accident, I'm fine? Well, I just got Bessie into the trailer and I was driving down the road. The lawyer interrupted again and said, Judge, I'm trying to establish the fact that at the scene of the accident, this man told the highway patrol officer that he was just fine. Now, several weeks after the accident, he's trying to sue my client. I believe he's a fraud. Please tell him to simply answer the question. By this time, the judge was fairly interested in Rick's answer and said to the lawyer, I'd like to hear what he has to say about his favorite mule, Bessie. Rick thanked the judge and proceeded. Well, as I was saying, I had just loaded Bessie, my favorite mule, into the trailer and was driving down the highway when this huge semi-truck and trailer ran the stop sign and smacked my truck right in the side. I was thrown into one ditch and Bessie was thrown into the other. I was hurting real bad and didn't want to move. However, I could hear old Bessie moaning and groaning. I knew she was in terrible shape just by her groans. When the highway patrol officer came on the scene, he could hear Bessie moaning and groaning, so he went over to her. After he looked at her and saw her near-fatal condition, he took out his rifle and he shot her between the eyes. Then the patrol officer came across the road, rifle still in hand, and he looked at me and he said, How are you feeling? Now, what the heck would you say? <laughs> Three elderly brothers were living with each other. 
one 96-year-old, one 94, and one 92. One night, the 96-year-old draws a bath, puts his foot in and pauses, and yells down the stairs. Was I getting in or getting out of the bath? The 94-year-old yells back. I don't know. I'll come up and see. He starts up the stairs and pauses. Then he yells. Was I going up the stairs or coming down? The 92-year-old was sitting at the kitchen table having coffee, listening to his brothers. He shakes his head and says, I sure hope I'll never get that forgetful. He knocks on wood for good luck, and then he yells, I'll come up and help both of you as soon as I see who's at the door. <laughs> Two broken, hungry friends, Dave and John, go to a pastry shop. Dave suddenly whisks three cookies into his pocket with lightning speed. The baker doesn't notice. He says to John, See how clever I am? You'll never beat that. John replies, Oh yeah? Watch this. He says to the baker, Give me a cookie and I'll show you a magic trick. The baker hands him a cookie, which he promptly eats. Then he says to the baker, Give me another cookie for my magic trick. The baker gets suspicious, but gives him another. He eats that one too. Then he says, Give me one more cookie. The baker is getting angry now, but gives him one anyway. He eats that one too. Now the baker is really mad and yells, And where is your magic trick? John points at Dave and says, In that guy's pocket. <laughs> An Uber passenger tapped the driver on the shoulder to ask him a question. The driver screamed, lost control of the car, nearly hit a bus, went up on the footpath, and stopped inches from a shop window. For a second, everything went quiet in the cab, and then the driver said, Look, man, don't ever do that again. You scared the daylights out of me. The passenger apologized and said, I didn't realize that a little tap would scare you so much. The driver replied, I'm sorry, it's not really your fault. Today is my first day as an Uber driver. I've been driving a hearse for the last 25 years. <laughs> John lives his life by statistics and is afraid to fly. One day his friend Bill asks him, Why do you have this irrational fear of flying? Irrational? Not at all. I merely calculated the odds of a bomb being placed on a plane and it's much too high for my comfort. A few days later, Bill boarded a flight only to find John sitting in the seat next to him. What happened? Had the odds changed? No, the odds of a bomb being on a plane haven't changed. 
but I calculated the odds of two bombs being on a plane, and I found that those odds are much more acceptable. <laughs> so now, I just bring my own. <laughs> A guy and his blonde girlfriend went to a football game. They had great seats right behind the team's bench. After the game, he asked her how she liked the experience. Oh, I really liked it, especially the tight pants and all the big muscles. But I just couldn't understand why they were killing each other over 25 cents. <laughs> Dumbfounded, the boyfriend asked, What do you mean? Well, they flipped a coin, one team got it, and then for the rest of the game, they kept screaming, Get the quarterback! Get the quarterback! I'm like, Hello! It's only 25 cents! <laughs> A man's wife was turning 32 the next week. He told her not to get her hopes up for her birthday. After all, the celebration's only going to last a half a minute. What are you talking about? It's your 32nd birthday. Uh. <laughs> and now for the funnies. <laughs> soldier. You're being transferred to a MASH unit. <laughs> Dude! Best tattoo ever! <laughs> In this piece, Muffy uses broad, vigorous strokes in a passionate expression of feline angst. <laughs> you ever wonder what pets are thinking? Ball, 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 uh, ball. Tonight it all goes down. I will take them in their sleep. Oh, yes. Unless I sleep through it all again. <laughs> I don't like the look of this. Scuba gear. <laughs> Police sketch artist. <laughs> Mimi. Chinese handcuffs. <laughs> Houdini's final undoing. <laughs> Pay attention to the fingers. Uh, <laughs> Where do you put the quarter? <laughs> when I said never bring a knife to a gunfight, I figured the spoon and fork were also implied. <laughs> a 
dog endorsements. Like a lot of dogs, I often have problems finding thrown objects in high grass. That's why I use the new Acme Stick Be Found. <laughs> Cat CrossFit. We're going to do 30 counter jumps, 40 curtain climbs, and 50 litter box squats. <laughs> Metro Bank. I know that's important to you, but we'll need something else for collateral. <laughs> Rest assured, sir, this plane is perfectly safe. The airline only uses duct tape of the highest quality. <laughs> what I did on my summer vacation. <laughs> First, the bad news. Someone stole your catholic converter. <laughs> That's messed up. At the Cat Olympics. What enthusiasm! He's really going to town! That is a gold medal butt lick, Bob! <laughs> I told you the tattoos would pay off. Best Buy 1017. Best Buy 910. <laughs> Dox Hunt Drop. You must be this long to ride. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Oh, poor dog. Pizza. You're here already? Let me grab my wallet. I'll just be an hour. <laughs> When you said the cat was hacking down here, I assumed you meant a hairball. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. True. <laughs> that evening, with her blinds pulled, Mary had three helpings of corn, two baked potatoes, extra bread, and a little lamb. Oh. <laughs> Quarter collie. <laughs> Donna's new commuter coat assured that she would get plenty of space on the subway. <laughs> T-1000. 
two women. Oh, you got a haircut. That's so cute. Do you think so? I, I wasn't too sure. When she gave me the mirror, it's not too fluffy. It's perfect. I love to get my hair cut like that, but my face is too wide. I'm stuck with this. Are you serious? Your face is adorable. You could easily get one of those layered cuts. I was going to do that, but my neck is way too long. Oh, that's funny. I'd love to have your neck better than my football player shoulders. I would love to have your shoulders. Everything drapes so well on you. Look at my short arms. If I had your shoulders, I could get clothes to fit me better. Two men. Haircut? Yeah. <laughs> Lesser known than hunters and gatherers, but just as vital to prehistoric survival, meat tenderizers. <laughs> Our band is called Paper. We'll be covering some rock for you this evening. <laughs> I fired all the help. Farm's fully automated now. Old MacDonald had a farm. A-I-A-I-O. Uh-oh. <laughs> I see the problem. Your guitar is out of tuna. <laughs> this home is protected by feline security. I have nine lives. You have one. Do the math. <laughs> and that concludes Opa's Corner for this week. Mein Hut, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Hopa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Right on cue, right on cue, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's enough. Calm down. Thank you. Thank you. A very well-deserved round of applause, I must add. Uh, thank you, Opa, for another great Opus Corner. And if you haven't already, subscribe to his YouTube channel. So now it's time from a word from our friend JJ. Are you tired of living in constant pain? Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. 
And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. So thank you, JJ. Jake, you might need some JJ CBD rub. You pulled your back out. I, I have some. JJ gave me some, uh, so I've been using it, and it has been helping. But sometimes, you know, when the injury's fresh, uh, it can be a little bit, uh, you know, you need a little bit more time for the salves to kick in, I guess. I don't know. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, JJ. Now it's time for some mystery. So today for history, we're going to be talking about deep fakes. You know, we've talked about it before, but this is kind of really getting into it and uh, how they've been deep faking for quite a long time. So in this first clip that I'm going to be showing you, I want to show you how they've been deep faking by, you know, filming manipulations. And we're also going to be talking about the good qualities of it and some of the bad. So first, let's play this first clip of the good. I want to show you two video clips. One of them is real and one of them is fake. Can you tell which one's real? Okay, this one was kind of easy. Obviously, this is the fake one. Like, you can see the color on the face isn't quite right and the hair is obviously like a wig. But this video was like from a few years ago. Let's look at a more recent example. Look at these two clips. One of them is real and one of them is fake. Can you tell which one it is? Okay, what about these? Or these, which one of these is fake and which one of these is real? Maybe you're some wizard and you could tell, but I couldn't. And my guess is that most people can't. That's because things have changed. I've never seen it quite like this. This technology is spreading rapidly. It's really mind blowing. Deep fakes. Deep fakes. It's all real. In the last few years, we've crossed a threshold into a world where moving images are manipulated in ways that make them indistinguishable from reality. This is our new world. It is the world of high quality deep fakes. The catastrophic potential to public trust and to markets that could come from deep fake attacks. This is happening quicker than any of us could have imagined. So I wanna get you up to speed on what's happening with deep fakes, how they're revolutionizing entertainment. It's all my fault. And creating new challenges and fears for the people who make our laws and the people who enforce those laws. Make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time. Ultimately, I want to show you how much of a threat deep fakes actually pose and answer the biggest question of all what is even real? Seeing is not believing anymore. Okay, let's just be clear. We've been faking the moving image for at least 100 years. Thomas Edison wanted to spice up his news reporting from the front lines of the Spanish-American War back in like the end of the 1800s. So to do this, he shot some fake battle scenes in New Jersey and then cut them together with shots from Cuba, making this look like it was happening in Cuba and it wasn't. And for the next 100 years, motion picture manipulation remained as crude and simplistic as Edison's sneaky editing. But then suddenly, in 2014, with the invention of a new type of AI, everything started to change. 
incredibly realistic so-called deep fake. How similar it is. Is there a way to know when this is fake and to tell when it's fake? We now have the ability to make people look like other people. We can do all of this because of this clever computing process. It's called Generative Adversarial Networks, or GANs. This is where two AIs work in tandem to get the best fake image possible. So you have these two AIs. One of them is a forger and the other is a detective. The forger creates an image based on what you ask it to make, and then it shows that image to the other AI, the detective. The detective goes over the image and points out all of the reasons it's fake. It knows what to look for because it's been trained on hundreds, sometimes thousands of images of exactly what the finished products are supposed to look like. The forger is like, okay, cool, let me try again. And it goes away and it makes another image, fixing the pixels that the detective AI pointed out. Then it shows it to the detective. The detective AI once again points out all of the weaknesses in the fake image. And the forger goes back and makes a new one. And over and over and over again. And so the longer you give one of these AI models to train on, it basically goes through this creation and improvement cycle over and over until you get the best deep fake possible. There are many ways to train a deep fake, but this is the most common. It's, it scares me. It really does. It scares me. An important point here is that we used to have to train these models on huge amounts of data. You need a lot of footage from someone's face to train these models, which is why it's mostly worked on like actors who have a lot of high quality face data available. It's how you get deep fakes like this. You like what you're seeing. Or how you get Jim Carrey imposed onto Jack Nicholson's face in The Shining. It's gonna hurt you. Or Willem Dafoe in Silence of the Lambs instead of Anthony Hopkins. You look like a room. <laughs> get out of this, it's a bombing deal. Get out! Deep faking has already started to shape the entertainment industry. Filmmakers are using deep fake technology to translate films into other languages. And it's all my fault. They can de-age celebrities. I thought we went anywhere. And we're back. There's a six-part TV show in the UK about a bunch of rowdy neighbors, and guess what? All of these characters are all deep-faked celebrities. Did move some of Kim's fakes. It's getting to the point where deep fakes are nearly impossible to decipher as computer-generated, which is super exciting, but also kind of scary. So hey, I showed me and Jake there because I thought I thought that was funny. Um, so. Those are kind of the good qualities. I mean, before the, the strike with the actors and the, the AI stuff, you know, it was being used for good. But now in this next clip, I'm going to be showing you guys the bad and how deep fakes can actually be used against us in the public eye, the legal system. And like I said in the past, it's going to be more powerful than DNA evidence because they can literally put you anywhere. They can, they can frame you for crimes. They can do anything they want to do. So check out this next clip. The FBI tells NBC News they're following the rapidly developing technology closely. I believe that this is the next wave of attacks against America. It's a real concern. It's a real concern. And this is where we talk about the doom and gloom part. And for that, yes, I have a lot of paper. Lawmakers and law enforcement are getting worried about this technology. Here's a letter from Congress to the Director of National Intelligence, raising the alarm that hyper-realistic digital forgeries, popularly referred to as deep fakes, use sophisticated machine learning techniques to produce convincing depictions of individuals doing or saying things that they never did. By blurring the line between fact and fiction, deep fake technology could undermine public trust in recorded images and video as objective depictions of reality. Oh, and by the way, this letter was back in 2018, basically the stone age for AI image generation. More recently, I saw a Democratic senator giving his opening remarks to his colleagues in Congress via a deep-faked voice 
that sounded perfectly like him. We have seen what happens when technology outpaces regulation. But it's not just American lawmakers. Europol, which is the European International Police Agency, says that experts estimate that as much as 90% of online content may be synthetically generated by 2026. 90%. Meaning AI will be making most of the stuff that we watch on the internet. Their big fear in all of this is that deep fakes will, quote, lead to a situation where citizens no longer have a shared reality, causing what they call an information apocalypse. DHS says that deep fakes and the misuse of synthetic content pose a clear, present, and evolving threat to the public across national security, law enforcement, financial, and societal domains. The Pentagon is using its big research wing, the one that helped invent, I don't know, the GPS, the literal internet, to look into deep fakes and how to combat them. They're taking this very seriously. Well, if we get a taste, Look no further than Ukraine. The Russian president says a military operation is now underway in eastern Ukraine. Column of Russian armor crossing into Ukrainian territory from the north. This is not Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. This is a deep faked video that appeared on a Russian language Ukrainian news site just four weeks after Russia invaded Ukraine. Russian troops were trying to take over Kiev, which would have meant a massive victory for Putin. Information on the ground was scant and foggy, and this video pops up of Vladimir Zelensky urging his troops to surrender to Russian forces. This is kind of a crappy version of a deep fake. I mean, misshapen head, weird accent and voice. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Because what this video did do is it made people question every other video coming out of Ukraine. And this is what Congress meant when they were freaking out in 2018 about the idea of deepfakes blurring the line between fact and fiction, undermining trust in recorded images and videos as objective depictions of reality. As deepfake technology gets better, yes, it allows people to create compelling fake evidence, and that is worrisome, but it also allows people to dismiss real evidence, real footage, as, oh, that's just a deep fake. We can do that now. We can't trust anything. Uh, it's not just what they could create. It's the doubt that is cast on authentic video and audio. Think about the legal system. Deep fakes are becoming a nightmare for evidence in court. In 2020, there was a child custody case where the mother presented as evidence audio recording of the child's father saying violent things over the phone. It was submitted as legit evidence as proof to be like, this dad is unfit to have the kid. But after some digital forensics, it became clear that the mother had used an online tutorial and some cheap software to doctor the audio file. Judges and juries are not ready for this. Most wouldn't think to question evidence like this that sounds like a smoking gun and yet was totally fake. This sort of technology is getting so accessible and easy to use. In fact, this VO was actually fake. Skiba News Nation is not your typical news program. With a commitment to uncovering the truth and presenting it in a thought-provoking and entertaining way, this weekly YouTube broadcast provides a fresh perspective on current events and controversial issues. Led by host Jeremiah Skiba and co-host Jake Grant, Skiba News Nation is dedicated to digging deeper into the wow. most pressing issues of our time. Skiba and Grant don't shy away from the tough topics. They provide an engaging segment that is perfect for the entire family called Opa's Corner. Hosted by Opa, the talented producer, and Jeremiah's grandfather, this segment adds a lighthearted touch to the show, delving into fun and delightful stories that are perfect for everyone to enjoy. Now imagine that you're on a jury and you're presiding over a criminal case. And even though there may not be any manipulated evidence in front of you, there's now a nagging voice in the back of your mind that's like, remember that time he tricked me in that YouTube video? 
and he made his face change and now he looks like someone else and it wasn't really him and it was really convincing? Who's to say all of this visual evidence that I'm seeing in court isn't also fake? Visual evidence is no longer rock solid. Surveillance footage, body cam footage, heck, even audio taken in a bus from a presidential candidate. Now it can all be called into question. And then, of course, deep fakes are being used for cybercrime. Elon Musk was recently faked to help shill a new crypto scam. Fakes.net, a site that will help ordinary people to gain financial independence. And yeah, this one's obviously fake and poorly done. My point is they're getting better. And some scams are already way more persuasive. Hey man, this is Jeremiah. I need your help. I've been kidnapped by Globe Earthers. Like this group of fraudsters who were able to clone the voice of a major bank director and then use it to steal $35 million in cold hard cash. But in reality, the risk of eroding trust in the public or weakening our legal system or giving cyber criminals a new weapon. All of these are actually the rarest uses of deep fakes. The main victims of this new technology, at least at the moment, are women. These sexually suggestive ads are popping up online. Sexual misuse of these deep fakes. She's been deep faked. That's not me. 96% of deep fake production is used to produce porn, almost all of which are using women who have not consented to this. Telegram got in trouble because it was found that they had private groups on their service that were using deepfake technology to remove the clothes of more than 100,000 women. It used to just be the faces of celebrity, but no longer. The tech has developed such that an ordinary person with a few images on social media could suddenly have their faces deepfaked onto the body of a porn star. Martin has found dozens of doctored images and videos of herself. She has no idea who's responsible for them. Okay, but what's being done about this? Let's first remember that when a new technology comes along, it typically evolves rapidly, way faster than the lawmakers who need to understand it to regulate it do. So we're in the kind of Wild West phase where the lawmakers are kind of just trying to get their head around this stuff. Let's hope that Congress can catch up. China is actually the first country to have regulated what they call deep synthesis technologies by requiring all deep fake content to be clearly marked as having been modified. In an ambitious bill called the AI Act. Like China, the EU is trying to make it so that you have to label deep fakes. But of course, in a Western democracy, you have to put this line, unless necessary for the exercise of a fundamental right or freedom or for reasons of public interest. The UK is also trying to figure this out. They are targeting the porn situation. Doing deep fake porn without consent comes with a penalty of prison. Will the government take urgent action and repair this mess? So deep fakes are here and they're seemingly here to stay. We are entering a new chapter of how humans consume and relate to information. So I would say some pretty scary stuff. What are your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I just hope my uh, deep fake uh, porn star is not floating around out there. <laughs> Me too. I mean, that would that would not how be good. How creepy. Yeah. How creepy. And I know it's probably a, a more of a problem for women and, uh, you know, celebrities and people that are being used um, or who are public online uh, and then somebody makes a, a, a deep fake of them and then could defame them. But uh, just overall, it just shows the depravity of the human mind and uh, we're to the point where people are doing stuff like that. And uh, I, I just think, it, you know, it's interesting uh, that they're implementing these protective measures and mm -hmm. it's in these protective measures of identifying if something's AI or not that we you know we should be wary but also you know it is a new technology and this is bound to kind of be the course that we take where uh, we navigate kind of these 
you know, new waters. Absolutely. What about you, Alpha? What do you think? I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them to uh, legislate or put rules on on uh, deepfake AI because, number one, when a deepfake happens, especially if it's a criminal type thing, how are they going to track it? How are they going to figure out who did it? How, how you know, it, it, it's just, you know, I think we just opened up a huge Pandora's box. Yep. And, and you guys at home, let me know what you think in the, in the comment section. And I would love to read them and, and see what you guys think as well. So that's all I got for the deep fakes. Um, I thought it was really interesting, so I thought I'd share that. But I want to share this cool, uh, yet funny, but kind of eye-opening you know, clip of Norm MacDonald on The View. And what he's talking about is the Clinton hit list and that the Clintons murdered people. And then if, you, uh, if you've ever heard a comedian talk about it, they say the Bill Cosby case was an open secret. So uh, let's let the clip speak for itself and then I'll talk about it afterwards. Please welcome Norm MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, Norm. Okay, Norm, you're Canadian. Yes, I am. So what do you think of this whole presidential mess? Uh, well, I, I hope that uh, uh, the Democrats don't steal the election from the, uh, the winner, you know, but who knows? Oh. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's not a, a liar, or crook, murderer, or anything like that, so it'd be good to get the... See, I, I, don't, I think we should get the homicide out of the White House. Get like a... <laughs> Uh, a fresh start, because we don't want any more murderers. I no, think we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. Who are the murderers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clinton, he murdered a guy. You know, you're not allowed to put out no uh, accusations without That's a little too far. That's the way it does let's just, let's just go on to the next question. Uh, yeah. This is not my week, what can I tell you? Oh, it's not mine either, and I'm being very nice, okay? <laughs> Be a good boy. Now, Norm. Do you never hear that? No. Listen, no, we don't need I to don't talk want to get about into this, this, and I don't want to hear it, and this is not the place to make those accusations. And you're supposed to be funny. Oh. Let's get on with it. There you go. This is a live show. Norm, but you have been properly chastised by Barbara. So I'm not going to ask the next question. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut up. Shut up. Look, hey. let me do this, okay? okay? I'll tell you what's a matter of record. You will not be invited back if you don't shut up. Uh, All right, now. The producer, he told me it would be funny. He said, like, why don't you carry a cell phone on and then let it ring and then have, pretend like there's a guy on it. Is there anybody on it? <laughs> no, it's a pre thing, pretend You know what, Norm? <laughs> you're a dead man. <laughs> you're you, know what, you know what, Barbara? Barbara? You know what you said about rage and work? Give this man a pair of suit and tell him to shut up. 
toward Bill Cosby about any... Well, you just tell us what you did by Bill Cosby. Oh, I, I, I met him. I, I opened for him at a, at a club. You know how funny Bill Cosby is. Yeah, was. so I'll get to the point. <laughs> Not everything has a point. Just, we are just learning like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Norm, you want to finish the story or shall I ask you the next thing? Well, the Bill Cosby thing is this. Dear God. I, I uh, met Bill Cosby. We're all fans of Bill Cosby, right? Bummer? Yeah. So just another example of how genius Norm Macdonald was. And and I love Norm so much. And the, the millionaire clip was one that we had showed in the past where he was talked out of winning the the million dollars by Regis. And uh, it's just so interesting watching these liberal leftists trying to shut him down on every topic that he's actually trying to talk about. And it is liberal and biased. And that's probably going to be a new sound clip because it's it's hilarious. I mean, he just called them for what they were. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I, I think he is great at telling the truth through the inference, uh, through his reference. And uh, when you when you get at what he's hinting at, you find what he's leading to. And that's why it shows how intelligent he is. And, and you know, just how amazing how comedy can be used to really, you know, poke fun at these no-no topics that are so controversial and can't be talked about but need to be talked about, you know. And Owen's a great example of that. I know uh, Norm was one of his heroes, and he's really good at that as well, at kind of using comedy as like a way to expose things in a way. So what are your thoughts, Opa? 
Oh, Hank, it was funnier than heck. <laughs> they don't make comedy like that anymore, I guess. Nope. All right, well, that's that's what I got for Norm MacDonald, but I do have one last clip for you guys, and I went somewhere just for you guys. I went to the President George W. Bush Library to see all the propaganda and all the propaganda and then more propaganda, so check this out. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, we're here at the President George W. Bush Library. thought you guys would enjoy this, so I'll show you what I saw. We have Trump So lots of uh, memorabilia. Barbara Bush, her first mama. Here's a presidential scandal. People were voting for Pat Buchanan instead of Al Gore. Lots of paraphernalia. Paraphernalia. New commitment to live out our nation's promise through civility, courage, compassion. January twentieth, two thousand one. All eyes on Florida at this hour, Tim. They need Florida. 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 Whoever wins Florida won this election. ABC News projects that Al Gore wins the state of Florida in its twenty-five electoral votes. Let me, let me tell you, Bernie, you, call, you all called Florida before Florida even closed its polls. Florida is a state which votes in two times. I wonder if there's going to be anything on Alex Jones here. Bush, when they're <laughs> building the first Ranger Fall Park. I do like these boots, I must admit. These look hand-painted. Very cool. He owned the Rangers. Your favorite. Probably the number one teacher in the state of Texas right here is in the teacher section. That's the bus I would have taken. I'll never forget the day that No Child Left Behind was signed into law. The one that he signed the bill for. On that, guys, I was actually sitting right behind George W. Bush and Nolan Ryan at a Rangers game. Me and Opal were. I'll probably talk over this footage. This is like the whole team signing balls. And probably the best part that we've seen so far of this presidential library is this little sleepy cave back here. <laughs> Good boy. Now this was the focal point of the whole museum. Handwritten 
inscription to the First Lady of Education, whose impressive leadership is enabling millions of American children to dance with the daffodils. Senator Kenny presented Miss Bush with the print on the morning of 9-11. Hmm. Note the discolored glass. The print was delivered to the White House after the 2001 anthrax attacks, and like all deliveries after the attacks, it was irradiated. We must never forget the attacks on September the 11th. And I'm guessing that's just a big support beam. Uh, better for worse. It didn't really say. And then here's all the propaganda. We just got a report in that there's been some sort of explosion at the World Trade Center in New York City. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people and the people That's the phone he made phone calls on that day. Personal notes. Telling them, go ahead and pull building seven. These are letters that children wrote President Bush, and when I was a kid in my school, they made me do the same thing. And he actually sent back a signed photo. Don't know where it is, but. He has some of the worst handwriting I've ever seen in my life. I'm presenting to you the President of the United States. My fellow citizens, tonight we are a country awakened to danger and called to defend freedom. Just letters from all over the world. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. So that's the jacket that he was wearing and then that's the baseball, on that, I guess, from the in that famous footage. And I think it was in New York, but I could be wrong. Dear Miss Bush, I think what happened to our country was bad. Our country is good. Their country is bad to our country. This war... This is war to their country. I'm sorry. The people who died. God is good to the people who died. People were scared when the airplane crashed. I'll say interaction stuff. Believe to help plan and facilitate the 9-11 attacks. The president asked two very important questions in the decision to use these techniques. He asked the CIA if it was necessary, and he asked the Justice Department if it was legal. Both departments answered yes. Well, there's room for honest and healthy debate about the decisions I've made, and there's plenty of debate. 
There can be no debate about the results in keeping America safe. The fact that we have not had a successful attack on our territory traces directly to those difficult decisions. Let me get to the Iraq section. There's little playing cards. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the significance of these playing cards were given to the troops so that they could identify these quote-unquote terrorists. Just like in prisons here in the United States, they put victims' faces on playing cards so that if a prisoner knows something about a particular crime, they can talk to whoever it is, a detective, to help solve the crime. And this is Saddam Hussein's gun and I believe a jacket that he was wearing. again this was probably the coolest thing can i tell you anything about the history of the room or um anything about the decor welcome hi yeah welcome to the oval office thank you it's amazing i never knew how oval it was <laughs> yeah apparently that's what elvis said when he went out next ah. like i didn't realize how oval it was of course they had to bring up elvis there's the future president, first lady. So this is an exact replica. Okay. But the seal we have here is different. Yeah, and uh, there's an interesting reason for that. Can you see the difference? It's the way the eagle is facing. Uh, in this case, in that case there, the eagle is facing the branch of Congress. This one, which is the original seal, this is an update. He's, he's, he's pointing toward the, the, the bundle of errors, which is the war. Uh, so after World War II, President Truman uh, said, we need to change our seal. It's, we need to be focused on peace as we go forward. We've really had enough war. And so he instigated a change I don't know when it, whether it actually took effect in his history or not. Oh, Winston Churchill. Kennedy and John John. So that's why. So that's the picture of the Alamo. Because we have the old and the new. One of the best Republicans to ever live. Man, it's like almost scratched off. And you guys probably can't tell in this video, but it really is old. Oh. Pardon me? No, no. You're still in the museum. You can go out into the Rose Garden. It's a smaller. Take my photo. Oh, thank you. She has to be shaped like this. It doesn't. Look, we're at the White House. We're at the White House. Just kidding. There is the Oval Office. So I'm about to ask what... No, right, it's right here. Found it. Isn't that where they say it was? Yeah, the cocaine. To find cocaine in the Situation Room is actually kind of uh, horrifying. It's kind of a situation, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> so is this the room that was the most famous? So uh, I asked the lady there? The Situation from, Room. Yeah. The cocaine. Found the cocaine. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
I just wanted to make they sure. They have the situation here, room here as well. That oh, it's wow. Not open to the public, the general public. That's awesome. It's open, I believe. My fellow Americans, I promise to make cats great again. So that's, that's, uh, that's my trip to the George W. Bush Presidential Library. And uh, Lindsay was begging me not to ask about the cocaine <laughs> to an employee, but I had to. I had to do it for you guys because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jake? That's hilarious. Yeah, man. I mean, it's almost like every time we have a president, anything about them and around them are built these tourist attractions. Uh, and I will say when Sierra and I went to Washington, D.C., we did notice that whoever's in charge of that department of history or whatever, or the museums, uh, really didn't like Trump because there was only mm -hmm. one or two little plaques for Trump. And one of them was Trump, the one president to have been impeached twice. And oh then God. like throughout the museum, there's like all these other uh, you know, little, you know, things for other presidents and the things they did and what they're known for. And uh, to me, it was just funny. And, uh, you know, there, there's always something to to investigate at those places. I mean, you know, I, I think that was pretty cool. You got to check it out. Yeah, well, I wanted to show you guys because it's like our own uh, Dallas's 9-11 museum. I mean, that's what the main attraction was. It was like 9-11 this, 9-11 that, like that defined his presidency. And I was like, Okay, I mean, I get, I he did, yeah, he was the president, but what did he do? You know, I mean, I, I don't want to say I want to be YouTube friendly, but we all know the connection with the Bushes and 9/11 and all that stuff. They did not have anything on Alex Jones. I I, I was thinking that there would be, but there wasn't. Um, what do you think, Opa? I think that it looked like Disney World. Yep, that's pretty much what it was. It was a W. Bush Disney World. So you guys let me know what you think about the President George W. Bush Library in the comments. And that's all I got for history. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, so Jake, you got some memes for me? Yeah, I got a couple. Sweet, well meme me up. Uh, here we go. Uh, did you know that Miss Italy beauty pageant bans all biological males from the competition? <laughs> oh, I wonder why. Maybe there's a being a little bit of kickback from the whole woke agenda trans push. <laughs> Here's a payday. Payday candy bar is changing its name because it's offensive to those who don't work. Oh. Poor I guys. think it's just a joke, though. I don't. I don't <laughs> think they actually are, man. <laughs> no, um, so uh, there's a spider behind this toothbrush, and the com the comment says, "So I'm just gonna let my teeth fall out. <laughs> We're going to stay away from that toothbrush." Yep. Started growing my own pot. Not sure if I'm doing it right. <laughs> uh, you know, there's that new Barbie uh. movie out, and <laughs> this is Jarby. <laughs> Jar Jar Jarby. Jar 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 Jarby. All right. In the history books, this era will be referred to as the Dumb Ages. It better be. 
<laughs> All right. Recently, there was a, a boycott of a country song. The left boycotted it and made it a number one hit, a recent country song. And the right boycotted a beer and uh, inflicted a $30 billion hit to the company. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Imagine being here with the love of your life. <laughs> Did a tick write this tweet? <laughs> it's like a mattress <laughs> in a field. Yeah. Man, I hate ticks. Oh, they're the worst. All righty. I would rather my child be awake than to have a master degree at Harvard University in indoctrination. <laughs> True. Oh, man. Yeah, in today's world, I mean, you got to have some really solid kids once you send them into the, you know, the uh, the indoctrination camps that are college camp campuses. So... But, uh, you know, I would say there are some uh, degrees that are worth getting if you're wanting to go, you know, be like an underwater welder or, uh, you a know, teacher. a brain surgeon, teacher. You know, there are, there are some things that are worth being educated on. Uh, however, there is a trap uh, with the modern university systems. Uh, you just got to be, you know, wise to, you know, what you're doing. Are you, you trying really to tell me my it. gender studies degree won't get exactly. me anywhere in life? Exactly. Uh, well, I mean, just depends. Uh, do you want it to get you into McDonald's? Uh, it might be able to do that for you. Oh, sweet. Alrighty. Um, if someone mistreats us, they go to jail, says the dog and cat. And then the unborn children, wow, we envy you. <laughs> <laughs> Small minds discuss people. Average minds discuss events. Great minds discuss Bigfoot. Mm. We haven't talked about uh, Bigfoot yet. Come... Oh, oh, yeah? I don't think so. On the show? We've never talked about it. I don't think so. Yeah, if you ever come visit Jeremiah here in Kentucky, I live down the street from a Bigfoot-themed uh, burger joint. Oh, cool. And uh, in, on each table, they have little sighting cards that people have told their story of seeing Bigfoot and they have a big Bigfoot statue out front cool whisper something romantic I'm not <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, someone asked me if I had plans for the fall it took me a moment to realize they meant autumn not the collapse of civilization <laughs> What are your plans for the fall? Well, survive. <laughs> um, this is a Florida anti-theft device. You just put a piece of cardboard with the words that say AC doesn't work. Yep. Mom, what's an assault weapon? Nobody knows. It's a term used by emotionally unstable lies that want you defenseless, desperate, and dependent. <laughs> That's true. Phone booth in 1953. Phone booth in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toilet. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so true. People just, you know. They conversate on the toilet. Conversate on the toilet. Do their scrolling on the toilet. With both the toilet paper scrolling and the finger scrolling. Watch a scrolling. movie on the toilet. Yep. <laughs> 
And uh, here's uh, my last meme for today. It was a interesting post from Benjamin Owen. Uh, 54 years ago today, America, with the artistic vision of Stanley Kubrick, convinced the world they had landed on the moon. Still, one of the greatest accomplishments in human history because it did not, because it did happen. Not the moon landing, obviously, but faking it was seriously impressive. And with the hippie drugs and a few other psyops like Charles Manson, a drugged, prideful, and terrified America was ushered off the gold standard by 1971. What a day. <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, uh, Owen got to recently talk to the daughter of Kubrick. I heard that. Who is convinced that Kubrick didn't fake the moon landing because the way she said you can tell is if her dad had faked the moon landing, it wouldn't have looked so fake. It would have uh, looked much more real. Of course. Uh, so I thought that was funny. 2001 Space Odyssey is incredible. Oh, yeah. All right, Jeremiah, that'll be all. All right, Jake, thank you for another great current news and memes as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. I hope you guys enjoyed today's history segment, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never quit fighting. Let no man deceive you. Thank you for standing alongside us as we fight for justice and stay on this quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.